Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. What's up, it's your boy AT coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Kendrick Lamar, Sing About Me. How did we get here? Not saying I've started so I'll finish. It's kind of that because I actually thought the track I'd be doing today was a different track, but it will be the next track because we're following this route from Brenda's Got a Baby to Keisha. And we're carrying on this rabbit hole. And weirdly enough, I skipped, when I was thinking about it, I skipped this track because I did remember that actually Keisha's story is kind of not finished yet. Keisha's story, in the last episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life, you would have heard me say that Kendrick did all of that and explained Keisha's story from the perspective of trying to make his sister understand that I don't want you to get into that life. I don't want you to ever be involved with men like that, especially at a young age. And in some respects, like I don't want you, I want you to try and avoid getting pregnant. That that was, and I ended that episode on, did it work? But you're not going to find out if it worked or not yet. You're not going to find out if it worked or not yet because that track, we're not finished with Keisha just yet. I don't know whether I should admit this or not, but this is my favourite Kendrick Lamar song ever, period. This song is just a fucking masterpiece. And it does something to me in ways that I can't explain or quite understand. Because even though what's being explained on this track, I have no direct real experience of. I swear to God, I feel so much when I listen to this track. I feel so much. This is such an incredible track. This track is an absolute masterpiece. Uh, doing some research about it, I found out quite a few things and I just wanted to share them. So some incredible samples used for this track. Grant Green's 1971 record, Maybe Tomorrow. And drums taken from the 1972 track, Use Me, by Bill Withers. second half was made by La the second half of this track which I'm not breaking down by the way was made by like of pack div who sampled a vocal break from my romance by the singers unlimited
So there's a lot of musical nuance. It's not just one sample track. There's a lot going on with it in terms of production. But also the story about this track. I guess a good place to start is by explaining the premise of this track because it's not as it's not as simple as the tracks that we've broke down before. In the first part, Kendrick takes the perspective of two different people before rapping on his own perspective to discuss the tribulations he has gone through. In the second part, K-Dot picks up where the outro skit of Swimming Pool leaves off. Dave gets killed and his brother is seeking retaliation. The song closes with the same prayer heard at the start of the album. And so almost for me personally, Dying of Thirst, Sing About Me and Dying of Thirst, is the actual end of the album and it sort of picks up in this endless cycle. I'll let Kendrick explain himself better than ever I could. Before I became this person with a mature aspect on life, it was a dark place I came from, a place of negativity, a place of being unruly. I based them two tracks, Sing About Me and Dying of Thirst, together because that was a situation that happened that exact same time. So Kendrick was exposed to these two situations that happened on this track at the same damn time. And it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy when you get to listen to it. I can't wait to get started. Let's get in. I woke up this morning and figured I'd call you in case I'm not here tomorrow. I'm hoping that I can borrow a peace of mind. I'm behind on what's really important. My mind is really distorted. I find nothing but trouble in my life. I'm fortunate you believe in a dream. This orphanage we call a ghetto is quite a routine. I woke up this morning and figured I'd call you in case I'm not here tomorrow. I'm hoping that I can borrow a peace of mind. I'm behind on what's really important. My mind is really distorted. I find nothing but trouble in my life. I'm fortunate you believe in a dream. This orphanage we call a ghetto is quite a routine. So this is a friend of Kendrick calling Kendrick leaving almost like what you might want to call a voice note because his brother's being killed. So this friend of Kendrick, his brother's Dave has been killed and Kendrick was there and he's calling him to say, Hey, I thought I'd call you because I wanted to tell you I might not be here tomorrow because he's going to avenge his brother's death. Death and the grief that comes with it is so, it's easily one of the most unique experiences to an individual. You you can't put it in some sort of template. You can't um, say, well, you shouldn't feel that, or you should feel that. You, you, can't, you can't do any of that. I also now know through some tragic news that I've heard within my circles that you can never prepare for it either. You can never prepare for something like that at all. And where someone has lost a family member through violent means, through taking away uh, the way that Dave, Dave got shot and murdered by a rival gang, it elicits a rage, definitely elicits a rage. This guy's mind is really distorted. He finds nothing but trouble in his life. He realizes, you know, when you lose someone, sometimes you just go, this just keeps always happening to me. This just keeps always happening to me. You really hyper-focus on the negative and you really don't pay attention to the positive. And he's reaching out to Kendrick because Kendrick is on the ascension. Kendrick is actually breaking away from the girl. His career is taking off a bit. He doesn't know how this album's going to, like he didn't know what good kid mad city was going to do he didn't have no idea what he was going to do but he believed in it he believed in his dream unfortunate you believe in a dream and i think it's so important to have people around you that are not you it's so important to have people around you that are not you because they can make you see a different aspect of life an aspect that you may have no tether to whatsoever and they can give you that tether best way to describe it is you could be a gangster your whole life your whole life you'd be a gangster and out of nowhere i think the blind side's a great movie for this out of nowhere 
you meet a lovely old couple who invite you to a picnic. They don't they don't look at you, they don't look at you, go, oh my god, he's got he's strapped with heat, he's really dangerous, he looks like a drug dealer, he looks like a mean person, he's got scars all over himself, he looks so, so and they just go, Hey, why don't you come for a picnic with us? And there's this gangster sitting with his old couple just having a picnic. But he feels something. He feels something that he's never felt before, which is no judgment, no nothing, just calmness and serenity. And because he's been exposed to that, and then he shares some conversations with them, and they say, hey, we do this once a month. Or we have a little bungalow somewhere. You're, you're around, you'd be, you know, you're fine to come for dinner whenever you want. It gives you a sanctuary and an aspect, an angle on life that's different to your own. And those feelings might feel nice because this orphanage we call a ghetto is quite a routine. Kendrick's serving as inspiration. If you remember what I said in the last episode, don't admire people if you want to admire people, that's fine. But don't say that you're inspired by them if you're not going to do something about it. That's why I did with Little Pound. That's why I did, that's why I broke down Little Pound's track. And before I continue, I think I just need to out this now so I don't have to continue keep saying it. Kendrick's talking about some real complex, deep, intricate narratives here. Casually barring off. <laughs> Casually barring off. When you listen to him rap, his skill is so good. His skill is absolutely undeniable. And I just need to say that now so that I don't have to say it for every verse that I break down. Facts. I know exactly what happened. You ran outside when you heard my brother cry for help. Held him like a newborn baby and made him feel like everything was all right in a fight he tried to put up. But the type of bullet that stuck went against his will. That blood spilled on your hands. Exactly what happened. You ran outside when you heard my brother cry for help. Held him like a newborn baby and made him feel like everything was alright in a fight he tried to put up. But the type of bullet that stuck had went against his will. Last blood spill on your hands. Again, going back to the theme of losing people, this brother of Dave didn't get to be Kendrick. Kendrick was there when Dave got shot. Kendrick was there holding him in his arms and saying to him, everything's going to be all right. Gave him a bit of peace. Because his brother wasn't there at the time, that's why he's filled with rage. That you almost think that if you were the person there to see them go, that you would be okay or a little bit more at peace because you got to see them in their their final moments and you got to tell them especially in such a violent manner with a gunshot, that everything is going to be okay. I love that line. Like, everything was all right in a fight he tried to put up, but the type of bullet that stuck had went against his will. Like, come on, man. That's some Shakespeare shit. That's Shakespeare. And it's so true that, you know, sometimes... It's not the same. It's nowhere near the same. But sometimes you you might play a football game. And you wanna, you really wanna try and win, and eventually you find out you're just not good enough. You're not good enough. That team you're playing is just too good. They're too athletic. They're too skilled. They're too better than you. And you, you might just have to like sigh. But there'll be a couple of individuals that are running their hearts out. There'll be a couple of individuals that are skilled enough to be part of the other team but you just represent them and you're not as good as them. And you they try everything. They try everything. But the goal that you concede or the, the touchdown you concede or whatever it is, it goes against your will. Like you could be the person that's doing 500 press-ups a day, 500 chin-ups a day, training, 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 training. And you're fit and you're ready and you're going to push yourself and you're going to go and fight all these agendas and you're going to take on the world. But... Even still, you can still lose. Even still, you can still lose. And I just love that visualization that the fight he put up against those gangsters that killed him, the fight he put up to keep his life once the bullet had hit him, against it went against his will. His will was to live. 
But in some ways, the Grim Reaper, the universe, God said, now is your time. And when it's your time, it's your time. You have no choice. That's blood spilled on your hands. So Kendrick had, I don't know if this is true or not, but that, that whole visualization of holding an individual when they've been shot or stabbed or murdered, I think there can't be much else out there that's as brutal. I don't think there's much out there as brutal than when you are covered in blood. Raw. My plan's rather vindictive. Everybody's a victim in my eyes when I ride it's a murderous rhythm and outside became pitch black, a demon glued to my back, whispering, get him, I got him and I ain't give a fuck. That same mentality I told my brother not to duck. In actuality, it's a trip off how we trip off colours. I wonder if I'll ever discover a passion like you and recover. My plan's rather vindictive. Everybody's a victim in my eyes. When I ride, it's a murderous rhythm. And outside became pitch black. A demon glued to my back, whispering, get on my got him. And I ain't give a fuck. That same mentality I told my brother not to duck. In actuality, it's a trip. How we trip off of colors. I wonder if I ever discover a passion like you and recover. Bars. This guy's fooled. With murderous rage. He's done now. When I ride it, it's a murderous rhythm. Outside became pitch black. I don't see nothing. A doom and gloom to my back. There's a Aesop rock line that I tied to this particular line. A demon glued to my back, whispering I get him and I don't got a fuck. I can't remember the line, but it's definitely one of my favorite lines ever because I just think it's so visually specific. No. It's so sonically specific, yet visually abstract. And then the the introspection, the reflection on the point of, I got him and I ain't give a fuck. That same mentality I told my brother not to duck. It's, it's, you're one and the same thing. That vicious cycle that I've explained in countless pods is if you go down that route, if you seek vengeance and by actions that are the same as the ones you want to seek retribution for, the chances are you're no better than the other guy. And then that that realization in actuality is a trip, how we trip off colors. It's like that one moment of realization, like, oh shit, we kill each other because of the color of our clothes and our affiliations with gangs and people that, when you go down to the root principle of it, you don't owe nothing to that situation at all. You owe nothing to the origination of the Crips. You owe nothing. You owe nothing to the origins of the Bloods. You owe nothing to the origins of the Pyrus. Because those origins, while they may have some moralistic merit, they came out of a need to survive. But they do nothing to make their people thrive. It's an incestuous point of view to be like, hey, we're bloods, bloods for lives. Bloods don't mess with crips. If you see a crip, kill him. I don't know how that leads to positive outcomes. I don't know how that leads to positive outcomes. I know I said I wasn't going to repeat it again, but to f- the fact that he says in actuality, so that same mentality. I told my brother not to duck. In actuality, it's a trip off how we trip off colours. That, that actuality word? Tell me a rapper who puts it in like that, who, who fits it in like that and makes it sound like that. It's unbelievable. And then going back, I wonder if I ever discover a passion like you and recover. So he sees Kendrick is showing and proving a brighter light. And that's why people like Kendrick are so important to the world and just artists in general and people that are, dreamers and positive and optimists I consider myself a dreamer and an optimist people like us are important in the world because we give ourselves and the people around us an opportunity to see a different light you don't have to choose darkness you don't have to choose pain you don't have to consistently choose our suffering you 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 can do it it just takes a lot of hard work and it takes a different type of mind and a different type of imagination and I love you because you love my brother like you did. Just promise me you'll tell this story when you make it big. 
And if I die before your album drop, I hope. And I love you because you love my brother like you did. Just promise me you tell the story when you make it big. And if I die before your album drop, I hope. If you've never heard this track before, the gunshots caught you off, right? I never, I will never, ever, ever forget the first time I heard this track. The first time I heard this track, I was really in the rhythm of the the verse. And I was like, whoa, this this drum beat, what is this? And I'm hearing Kendrick just... And then the chorus comes in. And you go, what am I listening to? What What is this? This is some genuine genuine magic absolute masterpiece absolute masterpiece a couple of things on this one and i love you because you love my brother like you did it's really really important line to me one that's really stuck to me i've removed no removes the wrong word displaced individuals in my circles my real ones that are considered real ones Ones that I consider very, very close people to me. I had to move them because of this line and other things where I realized that if you listen to my Sir episode on John Redcorn is the track, you'll, you'll realize that I spoke about duration and depth and how many of us relate our relationships based on the durations of them. That Because oh, I've known this guy since school days. I've known him since this and known that. That's my best mate. That's my brother. That's a duration doesn't beat depth. And duration is what we use as an excuse. Pick and choose when we decide to meet people, when we decide to commit to people, when we decide to say, hey, you know, fancy meeting up or something like that. Most of us use duration. I'm only going for depth. And I think I've loved a lot of people like a brother I really do I think I've I've been very clear and hold people to such high regards and been a very consistent individual to those people and they haven't been the same they simply haven't been the same and it's not their fault it definitely isn't their fault because people aren't me not everyone can be who you choose to be everyone isn't going to think, oh my God, that guy is a really sound guy. That guy really cares me. That might be just my, my own opinion about myself. But I've definitely loved people like my own brother. But they pick and choose when they decide to want to call me their brother or not. And that's given me a sense of clarity. And then if I die before your album drop, but, but, but I want to cultivate a world where the people that I engage with are people that matter, that people that help me and that I can help them, that value thought, conversation, consciousness, want to want to build and deliver different things for themselves. I don't want to be around people that are just boring and dead out. I don't want to be people like that. And I don't, I don't, life's so short, life is so short to not do, to not experience, to not try things, to not chase a version of friendships that we consider depth, to not chase relationships that I'll be like, oh my God, this is, I can't imagine my life with anyone else but this person. That's what I want because life is short. Kendrick's proven that. You wrote a song about my sister on your tape and called it Section 80. The message resembled Brenda's got a baby. What's crazy is I was hearing about it, but doubted your ignorance. How could you ever put her on blast and shit, judging her past and shit? You wrote a song about my sister on your tape and called it Section 80. The message resembled Brenda's got a baby. What's crazy was I was hearing about it, but doubted your ignorance. How could you ever just put her on blast and shit, judging her past and shit? So it makes sense now why I picked this track, right? We have managed to find Keisha's sister. Keisha's sister is now in the picture saying to Kendrick, I heard you do a track, Keisha song, Her Pain. 
the message resembled Brenda's got a baby. So you got a tie and you got Brenda's got a baby, you got Keisha and now you got Keisha's sister. And that's why the reason I had to pick this track. But doubted your ignorance. How could you ever put her on blast and shit, judging her past and shit? She has a point. She has a point, and it's the kind of points that I elaborated on the last episode. But at the same time, he didn't out her name. Oh, no, he didn't out her name. <laughs> he called it Keisha's song. In my <laughs> but the point being is that he's trying to break a cycle. In this form of Kendrick, Kendrick, this good kid, Mad City, Section 80, he's a lot younger, a lot more hopeful to say the least, compared to Mr. Morales and the big stepper version of Kendrick. But he he wants to change the world. And he, and he wants to change his world. And he wants to break the cycle. But when you want to break the cycle, when you want to genuinely go for change, you have to accept that you're going to upset people. You cannot go through life making changes for the good and positive without upsetting people. That's a straight fact. Unfortunate. Some of the most strongest relationships in life are because that person understands that this person will upset me, but provided we communicate and we're strong and we don't hold judgment against each other, we can be stronger. And obviously this sister of Keisha is just defending her sister. This sister of Keisha is just defending her sister. And Kendrick hopefully should have been aware that this is some of the consequences of talking about real issues is that you're going to offend people rightly or wrongly. You're going to offend people. Well, it's completely my future. Her N-word behind me right now asking for ass and shit. And I'm going to need that $40 even if I've got a fuck, suck and swallow in the parking lot of Gonzalez Park. I'm followed by a married man and father of three. My titties bounce on the cadence of his tinkling keys. Matter of fact, he's my favorite because he tipped me with ease. Well, it's completely my future. A nigga behind me right now asking for ass and shit. And I'ma need that $40 even if I gotta fuck, suck and swallow. In the parking lot, Gonzalez Park, I'm followed by a merry man and father of three. My titties bounce on the cadence of his tingling keys. Matter of fact, he my favorite because he tipped me with ease. And hear the depressing, horrible cycle presents itself and exposes itself. Keisha was stabbed in Gonzalez Park. Keisha's sister is now working and serving as a prostitute in Gonzalez Park. And it's really clever where Kendrick says her N-word right behind me now asking for ass and shit. It's like her, it's a double entendre because her customers, Keisha's customers are now her sister's customers or Keisha's pimp is now the sister's pimp. And it's just so depressing. It's, it's so depressing. It's so depressing, but it's so real. It's so honest. It's so true. And nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. The death of Keisha has led to no inspiration whatsoever. Nothing's been gained. It's just the same shit as before. I didn't understand what it meant by my titties bounce on the cadence of his tinkling keys. But after doing a bit of research, it's a thing. So what happens is, is you, you park up outside on a particular street where maybe these prostitutes exist or live. And then when you turn your engine off, you shake your keys outside the windows and so like she's walking and her titties are bouncing from the way that she's walking to the cadence of his tinkling keys, which is just like visually, it's like a masterpiece. It's like a movie. It's genuinely, this song is like a movie. Matter of fact, he's my favorite because he tipped me with ease. Funny that. Funny that. I need that $40 because I need to, like what Keisha used to do, I need to do my hair. I need to get my lipstick. I got money. But now... If you think about it, this life is a version of escapism. She's just become numb the way Keisha was numb before. And now she needs to replace one addiction with another. He tips me with ease. Taking ease, taking something to just escape the malignant 
the dark, the horrendous world that she lives in. He got a cousin named David and I seen him last week. He got a cousin named David and I seen him last week. Now this is the first time I've ever noticed this and this has got me going like fireworks in my head because I was like, wow, how did I miss this? Do you know how many times I listened to this song and this album? And I know Kendrick will never really answer the question, but is David the Dave in verse one? So is Dave in verse one intertwined with Keisha's sister? And is then David a version, is this Keisha's sister a version of Shireen where she's now set David up to get killed? It's such a, it's such a throwaway line. It's such a throwaway line. I know Kendrick will never confirm one way or another. I'm certain of it, but shit, that's, I never put that together from the album. I never put that together from the album because Shireen is a huge, huge thing here. Shireen, I won't say Neddy, Shireen set Kendrick up, but did this woman set Dave up? Shireen set Kendrick up and Kendrick survived it. But this woman, Keisha's sister, she may have set Dave up and he didn't survive it. This is, this is, this is how precious and how thin life can be. Life can just be a, genuinely a flip of a coin. Kendrick survived. Dave didn't. What if Dave's brother was in a position where he could make a choice that he could let... Dave survive, but Kendrick had to die. But he knew Kendrick was on the ascension. He knew Kendrick. He knew Kendrick's destiny. He knew Kendrick was going to change the world. Would he? Would Would he still save his brother? Who knows? This is the life of another girl damaged by the system. These foster homes I run away and never do miss them. See, my hormones just run away, and if I can get them back to where they used to be, then I'll probably be in the denim of a family gene. That show women how to be women. Or better yet a leader. You need her to learn something. Then you probably need to beat her. That's how I was taught. Three n-words in one room. First time I was toast. This is the life of another girl damaged by the system. These foster homes I run away and never do miss them. See my hormones just run away. And if I can get them back to where they used to be. Then I'd probably be in the denim of a family gene. That show women how to be women. Or better yet a leader. You need her to learn something. Then you probably need to beat her. That's how I was taught. Three niggas in one room. First time I was tossed. So I feel like this is Kendrick's version of saying, hey. This is Kendrick's Brenda's Got a Baby, where Keisha's Her Pain was an ode to Tupac. And like, hey, this is my way of sharing that story, creating a narrative. I don't think he intended to create a sequel. This is Kendrick's own masterpiece, where Brenda's Got a Baby is Tupac's masterpiece. And sometimes after a masterpiece, you go, hey, I want to I try and take your masterpiece and Flip it, change it, do it some way. It's never going to beat the original. It's never going to beat the original, but it's still going to be good. This is Kendrick's own masterpiece. This is Kendrick's own. This is an ode to Tupac. This is Kendrick coming into his own. And he concludes so nicely here. He concludes in an incredible way. There's some lines in here that I think you just need to know about. See my hormones just run away and if I can get them. So you've got to understand that Kids that are molested at a young age or exposed to abuse at a young age, their hormones are so drastically changed compared to the normal, if normal is even a fucking word, but you know, the normal trajectory of an adolescent. They're, if, you, if you've been exposed to like sexual abuse at a young age, your hormones are going to be far more advanced and far more crazy as a 13 to 15 year old as opposed to someone who's not experienced any of that stuff and so for Kendrick to say see my hormones just run away and if I can get them so it's like even if I can pull the way that I feel back and get myself normal again because hormones have a huge impact on our emotions our mental states and everything that comes along with it even if I can get them back to where they used to be I'd probably be in the denim of a family gene Bruh.
denim jeans, family jeans. So it's almost like I will, if I could get my hormones back, then I could be cut at the same cloth as those like Rosa Parks. So it's the tie into Rosa Parks. It's the, if I could just pull myself back, then yes, I could be part of that gene pool. But he's used gene, like denim to serve as a double entendre for family gene that show women how to be a woman. Or better yet, a leader. You need her to learn something. But the moment, and especially you get with women in these kind of areas, or and I think it happens universally as well, part of me thinks it serves as um, a cultural oppression against women. Part of me says it serves as... Uh, forcing women to never really gain an education and I'm not talking about it in a first world perspective I'm talking it more from a third world perspective but what you find is is that if any woman tends to exhibit some sense of intellect or superiority then probably you need to beat her that's how I was taught the first time she was ever and I hate to say it but it's the reality of life the first time she was ever used she was used by three at the same time. That's that's how you batter someone into just becoming exactly what you want them to be. And now they're a slave or now they're a drone or now they have no hope. And how can you blame her for not having any hope when she's come out of a situation like this? But the language, the bars, the words, absolutely incredible. And while Kendrick ties it off here, in a in, in a nice way it still ain't finished because she ain't finished she's still very angry with the world and you'll find out when we do our next bars and i'm exhausted but fuck that sorry for your lost shit my sister died in vain but what point are you trying to gain if you can't fit the pumps i walk in i'll wait your rebuttal a little too late and if you have an album date, just make sure I'm not in the song because I don't need the attention. Bring enough of that on my own. A matter of fact, did I mention that I feel physically great? A doctor's approval is a waste of time. I know I'm straight. I'll probably live longer than you and never fade away. I'll never fade away. I'll never fade away. I know my fate and I'm on the grind for this cake. I'm going to get it or die trying. I'm eyeing every male gender with intentions of buying. You lying to these motherfuckers talking about how you can help them with my story. You can help me if you sell this pussy for me, N-word. Don't ignore me, N-word. Fuck your glory, N-word. You ain't shit. And I'm exhausted, but fuck that sorry for your lost shit. My sister died in vain, but what point are you trying to gain? If you can't fit the pumps, I walk in. I'll wait. Your rebuttal a little too late. And if you have an album date, just make sure I'm not in the song. Because I don't need the attention. Bring enough of that on my own. Did I mention that I physically feel great? A doctor's approval is a waste of time. I know I'm straight. I probably live longer than you and never fade away. I'll never fade away. I'll never fade away. I know my fate and I'm on the ground for this cake. I'ma get it or die trying. I'm eyeing every male gender with intentions of buying. You lying to these motherfuckers talking about you can help them with my story. You can help me if you sell this pussy for me. Nigga, don't ignore me. Nigga, fuck you. Wow. Wow from Kendrick. Um, wow in general for Keisha's sister. She's raged. She's she's absolutely enraged and she's hit a psychotic rage because now she's exhausted. But she don't want no one feeling pity for her, especially not Kendrick. You're talking about my sister. My sister died. And she died in vain. I know that. But I love it. It's like, instead of saying what point you're trying to make, He's like, what point are you trying to gain? Like, how is bringing my sister up going to change anything, Kendrick? How is bringing my sister's death up, her rape and her death up, how is that going to do anything other than prop you up? Now, clearly, Kendrick's being objective. He's talking from the perspective of the other person. He's talking from the fact that maybe I released that song and I wonder what her family might think about me, which is unbelievable in its own sense. She has a point. Have you done, can you do what I do? No. Have you done what I've done? No. Because you don't want to. So who the fuck are you to make a point and make a story about it and, you know, call my shit out? You're rebuttal a little too late. 
Kendrick, have you done what I've done? No. So shut the fuck up. That's what that's what Kendrick's sort of saying to himself in the mirror. Obviously, it's not being said to him directly because, especially at that time, I reckon man's to get banged out. And if you have an album date, just make sure I'm not in this song because I don't need the attention. Bring enough of that on my own. It's, it's kind of like she's still weirdly. Do you know what's really intriguing about that line? Is she actually is eliciting to the dream. She's actually weirdly. It's like that reverse psychology thing where it's like, don't make a song about me. Why are you even mentioning the fact of don't make a song about me? Oh, I'm only mentioning it because you made one about my sister. Yeah, but I made a song about your sister, right? I didn't even consider making one about you, but I'm going to make one about you now because she senses his dream. Just like Dave's brother, she senses his dream. And it's crazy. I'm only just making these ties now. Dave's brother was in the first verse and Keisha's sister is in the second verse. So it's almost like Kendrick's covered all bases. He's covered a sense of objectivity on all bases. He said it about the people themselves. He's integrated, he's interacted with those people as best possible. And then he's thought about it from the family's perspective. What what if people say about me if I was to share this story? And who would say the worst things? And it's kind of like these two. It's just unbelievable. A doctor's approval is a waste of time. I know I'm straight. How many people ignore their health? How many people ignore Things that may or may not be wrong with them. I'll probably live longer than you. And never fade away. I'll never fade away. I'll never fade away. I notice with people that are really, really angry. There's some very, very angry people in this world. Holding on to that anger does not serve you. And eventually, people will forget about you. People will forget about me. People have already forgotten about me. You'll forget this episode. By tomorrow, most likely. But living that lie, living in that lie of that life, the prostitute's life, the life of selling your soul and your body to just merely exist and survive, that is not a life. For anyone, that is not a life. And you will fade away. Whatever you tell yourself. If you're in a bad place, know that no one's going to call. you got to make the call. If you're in a bad place, you'll just fade away. Don't think that people are going to f- remember you as a martyr. They won't. They won't unless you step into the light. Sometimes I look in the mirror and ask myself, am I really scared of passing away? Sometimes I look in the mirror and ask myself, am I really scared of passing away? This is a mad one because up until the age of 31, I probably was scared of dying. I really was. I genuinely mean that. Like, you know, the normal, natural affiliation of death that we probably all experience at time. But after 31, with some of the things that I've read, some of the things I've experienced, some of the mindset shifts that I've had, I'm not as scared anymore. And the reason why is because going back to that whole duration and depth thing, is from 31 onwards, I only concern myself with depth. And when you live a life of depth and meaning with people, you realise that you're making every moment count. And so you have no regrets. If I were to die today or die tomorrow, I'm not saying, oh my God, I'd feel good about it, but I won't feel like, fuck, I missed out on this. I missed out. The only thing I think I may have one regret about if I was to die today is not experiencing parenthood. Like, I want to be a dad. I really want to be a dad. Other than that, it's like I've experienced love. I've experienced heartache. I've experienced betrayal. I've experienced pain. But I've experienced tons of joy and I make sure I geared my life towards joy. I've made sure I've geared my life. And I know that every day can't be a joyful event. But that's what I'm going to gear my life towards. And since 31, I have experienced enough joy to know if my time is my time and it's taken from me, it's all good. Because I hadn't wasted it. I haven't, I've focused on the right things. And I've focused on the right things in a way that suits me. My, my 
joy and my balance towards life might not be yours. But you need to figure that for you. Facts. I wrote some raps and made sure that my lifeline reeking the scent of a reaper, ensuring that my allegiance with the other side may come soon and if I'm doomed. I wrote some raps that made sure that my lifeline reeking the scent of a reaper, ensuring that my allegiance with the other side may come soon and if I'm doomed. So these bars, Kendrick's actually written about himself. So I just think it's way better to listen to him than to ever, than to take my pull on things. Reeking the scent. Yeah, reeking the scent. Basically coming to grips with reality, saying I'm a teenager. I am out here and there is a possibility, a chance that I won't see tomorrow. So looking in the mirror and really understanding that was a tough point to deal with. A tough time to deal with. I could walk out there. There was one particular summer that was so hot you couldn't even walk to the corner because the neighbourhoods was feuding that crazy. If you walked into the corner, for sure you were going to run into some action because somebody is on the other end of the corner waiting for you to walk on that corner. That's how crazy Compton is, you know. You are waiting on that corner, you pull up, they hop out, shoot at you, down the block so that you could run the opposite way and have another car waiting on you as soon as you get to the corner and that's it for you. You ain't got nowhere to go. You feel me? And you come to grips with that. You look in the mirror and say, damn, this might be my last day walking out here as a teenager. You feel me? And that is what that particular line and that whole verse is about really. Grasping the idea of death for a kid. Bars, Kendrick. Bars. And I'm not sure why I'm infatuated with death. My imagination is surely an aggravation of threats that can come about because the tongue is mighty powerful. And I can name a list of your favourites that can probably vouch. And I'm not sure why I'm infatuated with death. My imagination is surely an aggravation of threats that can come about. So the first two lines, again, Kendrick spoke about himself, so I'm just going to rip off him. No better than the artist themselves, right? The curiosity is still there because, like I said, I am a dreamer. And one thing about a dreamer is it is not always a good thing. You feel what I'm saying? Your mind can take off and wander to negative things as well. It's not always, I could be the greatest basketball player one day is the idea that I can actually walk outside, get hit by a train in the middle of the street. You know what I'm saying? So I know what it is, but it is always going to be a constant thing playing in the back of my head. And then following that, that come about because the tongue is mighty powerful, I can name a list of your favourites that can probably vouch. Kendrick's sort of explaining here about speaking things into existence, saying things enough times that eventually it might come to you you know be careful what you wish for you you just might get it something like how biggie's put out ready to die and said and acted like he was really ready to go and sure enough his time came prematurely same thing with park and many other rappers who spoke their fate into existence like you know these rappers will say i know they're after me i know i'm gonna die i know someone's gonna take me i know someone's gonna put their scope on me because I've got too many of my enemies. And you keep saying it, you keep saying it, you keep saying it, eventually you might get it. So that's what kind of Kendrick's alluding to in these, these bars. Maybe because I'm a dreamer and sleep is the cousin of death, really stuck in the schema of wondering when I'm arrest. And you're right, your brother was a brother to me. And your sister's situation was the one that pulled me in a direction to speak on something that's realer than the TV screen. Maybe because I'm a dreamer and sleep is the cousin of death Really stuck in the schema Wondering when I'm arrest And you're right, your brother was a brother to me And your sister's situation was the one that put me In a direction to speak on something that's realer than the TV screen So Kendrick's just trying to own his position and his situation And sort of explain to Dave's brother and Keisha's sister Why he did what he did uh, Which was like make these two tracks his language here is incredible, really stuck in this schema of wondering when I'm arrest. That that particular line is just 
unbelievable. I'll give you some explanation of rap genius. Schema is a psychological term for the category of thought we immediately put our experiences into. This happens automatically and is a hard habit to shake, hence why Kendrick is stuck in it. In his case, the schema is death. He's been exposed to so much dying that he routinely interprets his experiences through the category of death. Schema also sounds like scheme of. So it's like, I think people are scheming to try and get me and it's like, how do I escape myself out of this? How do I escape myself from this situation? Or maybe if I speak on your situation and try to break the cycle of gang violence, then maybe something will change. Or actually, if I speak about your sister's situation, I can maybe change the abuse of young adolescent women in this world. And your sister's situation was the one that pulled me in the direction to speak on something that's realer than the TV screen. Now, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is, Kendrick shouldn't have said anything. And the reason why is because if you go and listen to, if you listen to Mr. Morales and the Big Steppers, he finally understands that this shit, as much as he's right, as much as his convictions are true, as much of his thoughts and opinions are bang on the money, you can only help people when they come to you. It's not his burden to bear. It's not his burden to bear. The burden for him to bear are his burdens that he needs to fix. The cycles that he needs to break are the cycles within himself. And too many of us, I've learned to pull away. I've learned to pull away big time. I see shit left, right and center. I see all sorts of shady shit. And and I've done my best. I genuinely done my best. I, I had a really close friend who had genuinely was complaining like, my back's fucked. My back's fucked. And I, I, I did everything. I was like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. Send in YouTube videos. All these exercises that I know will help fix that individual's lower back. Might have been two, three weeks later to say, hey, man, how's your back doing? Is it all right? And it was like, yeah, I just keep popping. I just pop a few out of propofins and it's okay. And it's like, oh, so you didn't do anything that I told you to do. Like, not one thing. Okay, cool. Because I put all that energy and effort into trying to help that individual. They didn't ask for it. So Kendrick's put all this energy and effort into trying to break the cycle of gang violence, trying to break... The, violent, the cycle of child uh, prostitution. But unfortunately, they didn't ask for it. And so you can speak on it, you can tell people things about things, but unless they want to be helped, you can't help people. I've tried, I've tried, and no way am I throwing shade on Kendrick here at all. I'm just saying that ultimately we're a lot older now I think he's a I think he's my age I think we're the same age and I think we look back and especially after his last album we look back and go man I was right about everything there's nothing here that Kendrick's saying is wrong it just unfortunately it don't matter it didn't make a difference it won't make a difference until people want to be helped themselves by any means, wasn't trying to offend or come between her personal life. I was like, it need to be told, cursing the life of 20 generations after her soul. Exactly what happened if I didn't continue rapping or steady being distracted by money, drugs and four fives. I count lives on all these songs. Look at the weak and cry. Pray one day you'll be strong. Fighting for your rights, even when you're wrong. And hope that at least one of you sing about me when I'm gone. Am I worth it? Did I put enough work in? By any means wasn't trying to offend or come between her personal life. I was like, you need to be told. Cursing the life of 20 generations at the her soul. Exactly what happened if I ain't continue rapping or steady being distracted by money, drugs, and four fives. I count lives all on these songs. Look at the weak and cry. Pray one day you be strong. Fighting for your rights, even when you're wrong. And hope that at least one of you think about me when I'm gone. Am I worth it? Did I put enough work in? Even though I kind of called Kendrick out on the last set of bars and say like, sort of like, as much as I 
want to know that you made a difference as much as I want to say, yeah, everything you said is right, which is all true. It weren't worth it because nothing changed. Nothing's changed, right? But is he worth it? 100% man. And why are you worth it? Because I'm breaking down your track today. Because I'm breaking down your track today. And I know he will never listen to this, but it's a case of this song is a masterpiece. This song has had a huge impact on my life. An insane impact on my life because it made me think, it made me feel, it made me realize. It might even be in the beginning of a journey of mental exploration that said, hey, this is what life's about. Abby, you got a chance to chase a different direction internally. Like on the outside, I'm still going to do a nine to five, I'm still going to do my thing, I'm still going to love my family do what needs to be done, do my duties as a human being, but internally, am I going to seek joy, seek fulfillment? Am I going to seek contentment? Or am I going to go in the direction of money, drugs and four fives? Obviously not four fives, but you know what I mean. So 100% you're worth it, bro. 100%. And did you put enough work in? Man, you don't need me to answer that. <laughs> you don't need to be answer that. You're what, four or five albums in. And like Pulitzer Prize, God damn, how you brought on Baby Keem and like how his evolution is still yet to occur. Did you put enough work in? You don't need to, you don't need me to answer that. You don't need to, me to answer that, G. I said when the lights shut off and it's my turn to settle down, my main concern. Nothing but love to Kendrick Lamar and all of his fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL listeners out there. Instead of one, I'm going to say that when the lights shut off and it's my turn to settle down, my main concern.
Get T return of the student that never learned how to live right just by how to shoot it. Uh, tired of running, uh, choirs is humming. Uh, tell us to visit, uh, we lie about coming. Uh, now back to business, uh, loading the guns and back of the Buick. Your hood is feuding, the beef is bubbling. Uh, it's no discussion, uh, hereditary. Uh, all of my cousins, uh, dying of thirst, uh, dying of thirst, uh, dying of thirst. Uh, too many sins, uh, I'm running out. Uh, somebody send me a well for the drought. All I know uh, is taking notes on taking this life for granted, granted, if you provoke uh, my best days, uh, I stress days. Don't forget me for all my sins, for now. My best days, uh, I stress days. Uh, say fuck the world, uh, my sex slave. Uh, money, pussy, and greed, what's my next crave? Whatever it is, know it's my next grave. Uh, tired of running, tired of running, tired of tumbling. What if today was the rapture and you completely tarnished? The truth has set you free, so to me, be completely honest. You dying of thirst, you dying of thirst. So hop in that water and pray that it works.